Welcome back to Post Traumatic Thriving. I am Dr. Randall Bell. I'm joined by Tanya Brown. Hey, Tanya. Hi. Happy to be here. <laughs> happy New Year. Six months ago. Right? Um, is it happy to be here? Oh, I thought you said happy New Year. <laughs> anyway, we'll go with that. Um, <laughs> I thought that's kind of weird in June. Uh, anyway, well, welcome back to our guest. Fausto Castellanos. Yes. Did I get it? There you go. Oh, I'm good. (laughs) Within six months, I'll have it down. You're good. All right. So this is my favorite uh, stage, the Thrive stage, where we just let it all go because Fausto has been holding back on us. I know. He's been up to some really cool stuff. He's always saying, there's more, there's more, there's more. So we're on the edge of our seat. We're here. We're at the more stage. Yep. So let's deliver. Uh, Okay. So Fausto. When did you feel like you had really not just gotten back on your feet, but really started to just take off? Yeah. So, you know, I would say the first one, because I mean, I feel like, oh my God, I feel like every season there's something new, right? Mm-hmm. The first thing that really like when I felt, so I felt from when I first got sober, the first thing was this, probably the first week I had a jump rope in my back. And I remember I was crying at the gym, right? Because I was so broke in the beginning of my recovery in 2017. And I would go to Crunch Fitness. That's where I would work out because everyone knew me there. Again, I'm always that personality where I know everybody wherever I go because I love mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. So I felt comfortable to be there and cry at the gym because everyone's like, hey, man, like, what are you going through? So I had a jump rope in my back. And as I look at this jump rope, I had a vision. And I said, why is there a jump rope in my back? Is mm-hmm. it because I'm going to become one of the best jump ropers in the world? And I'm going to tell the guy who made this rope, his jump rope saved my life. That was just, a, that was just a vision that I had. Wow. And so I looked up the person who made the rope. His name is Buddy Lee, Olympic athlete. And um, I remember seeing a video of him when I was like 20 years old. My cousin showed me. One of my cousins I wanted to be just like. So, you know, anything he did, I admired. And so he had a jump rope. So he showed me this video and it was something I'm, I was like, oh my gosh, who is this guy? I didn't know you could jump rope like that. It's crazy. So when I had that vision at the beginning of my recovery in 2017, I was like, this is it. Oh my God. That's, that's why there's a jump rope here. I'm going to become the best. I'm going to meet him. Well, in that first year of my sobriety, because I believed that to be so true, I was jumping rope every single day. I started posting videos of it on my Instagram. All of a sudden I was like, wait, there's a jump rope community on Instagram? I didn't know that. <laughs> Who knew? And then people are like, dude, you're amazing. You're amazing. How, how'd you get like that? I'm like, am I good? Huh? Maybe it is going to happen. I knew it. I didn't know there's a jump rope community. Everyone's saying I'm good. This is going to happen. So mm-hmm. I got to keep on jumping. Eight months into my sobriety, there's this one jump rope company called Rush Athletics. And like, he's from the UK. You know, he got real popular on Instagram and YouTube for it. And like May- Floyd Mayweather uses rope in a video. So that kind of got him a lot of like, you know, good feedback. So in eight months of sobriety, as I'm jumping rope with this vision all the time, he's jumping rope, jumping rope consistently, hearing all these positive things about it. He was going to be in Venice Beach, this guy, Rush Athletics. I went, this must be a sign. I need to show up to this thing because this is not Buddy Lee, but this is somebody. So I go to Venice Beach. I show up. And some people are like, dude, you're, you're sober Faust. You're that guy that jumped ropes. Oh, my gosh. I'm like, oh, hey, how's it going? You know, and um the guy from the UK goes, oh, I know you. Um, can we do a quick interview for my video for this, this U.S. trip? I said, yeah. So I put out my whole life story again, like I always do. And um, 
after that, um, the guy's called the official jump rope dudes. They have the number one jump rope channel in the world. They have like a million plus subscribers. So I knew of them, right? Um, they ended up being there because I guess they were going to meet up with this guy to do a collab. So I was like, oh my gosh, like I follow you guys. It's so cool. I didn't know you guys were going to be here. Uh, my name is Faust. I'm a drug addict, but sexually abused. This is now, oh my God, it's my dad abandoned me. No, I'm happy. You know what I mean? They're just like, they're just like whoa. And jump rope. information. Yeah, jump rope. My jump rope gives me hope. It's how I cope. And, uh, and so they were so fascinated because in the jump rope world, you don't hear stories like that. People, I jump rope to lose weight. I jump rope for... Um, you know, for sports, mm-hmm. uh, maybe, maybe you'd get for like mental health, but nothing really too much at this time. Mm-hmm. And so um, they're like, can we do a story on you? I'm like, on your YouTube channel? Yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> this vision is coming true. Okay. So then I kept on jumping rope. I won the jump rope contest they had that day with everybody. Right. I'm like, oh, wow, I won. Cool. And then they did the story on me. I had about 11 months of sobriety. They did the story on me, you know, and it, and it goes out there and it goes viral. And I'm just thinking like, this is really happening right now. Like, am I really going to be Buddy Lee? <laughs> so then right before my one year, Buddy Lee was doing a um, jump rope seminar at a CrossFit gym. I was like, oh my gosh. And in Monrovia, I was like, this is it. Because he lives in DC. That's what I found out. Mm-hmm. So I was like, wait, this is my moment. So I show up to it. And um, what happened was he wasn't there. It was one of his teammates doing it, right? So I was like, oh, okay, darn it. But his teammate, his name's Chris, great guy. He goes, you're Faust still, right? I go, "Uh, yeah. He goes, hold on. Gives me a bunch of free jump rope gear and stuff like that. He said, this is for you. I just want to let you know, like, buddy knows who you are. Wow. He's been watching you. It's just, we're going to stay in touch. I was like, oh my gosh, this is happening right now. (laughs) A couple, maybe like two months later, uh, I get a phone call when I'm at work. And I was working as a technician at a treatment center, right? So I bartended for the first year. I got a job in treatment when I had 10 months of sobriety and I kept the bartending job still for a little bit until I didn't need to. And um, so I'm working as a technician at a rehab center, you know, and remember I went from making, I was probably making good money bartending, but I don't remember, right? Because I was doing spam, <laughs> you know, you, make, you can make good money. You're making like 300 a night. Like, yeah, sure. So I humbled myself when I got a job in treatment to making 15 bucks an hour. You know, I mean, huge, huge, a lot of humility, but I love the job. Mm-hmm. So I'm working at this job now. I had a, a little over a year. I get a phone call from a number I don't know, and it's Buddy Lee. Mm. I go, oh my gosh, he's talking to me right now. Mm. And he's like, I want to meet you. That's so cool. Um, I'm doing a thing in DC to certify people. I want to get you certified and I want to talk to you. I go, okay, yeah, yeah. And then I go, and then I find out, well, how much is the course and all that? The course was like 600 bucks and then flight was going to cost a couple hundred and I need to get a hotel for a couple of days and then a car rental. Um, or I, I didn't get a car rental, but I need the hotel to pay for the thing. And at that point, because I wasn't making good money and I was helping my mom out, I didn't have the money. Mm-hmm. So I remember thinking like, oh my gosh, I literally just manifested something that I've been thinking about and I can't even afford it. Are you serious? Oh my gosh, I messed up. And so I started crying with anger and the clients were like, hey, what's, what's wrong? I'm like, dude, I just literally, the thing I've been wanting to do my whole life is happening and I can't afford it. You know, I don't, I don't come from a family with money and none of this stuff. Like I said, we don't have money. So mm-hmm. I was like, damn. And then the client goes, why don't you just do a GoFundMe, dude? You've been helping out so many people this past year. Mm-hmm. It's all you do. I'm sure people would help you. I'm like, I, you know me, I don't, I'm not that person. I was like, I don't want to ask for money. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I don't want to be that person. So they made it for me. 
Within a couple hours, I raised all the money. Oh my God. Paid for my whole thing. I flew out there. I got certified nice. through him. Saw some other people from social media that were there. Um, you know, I'm there with him in person watching. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is real. After that, we all go out to eat. And I'm just like, this is really happening. And then when we're done eating, Buddy goes, hey, um, you stay with me. I want to, you know, we're going to hang out just you and me. I said, oh, okay. And then we go to another spot. We're sitting down at a table. He goes, what do you want to know? And I go, I just want to let you know your jump rope saved my life. I shook his hand. And I got, I literally, what I mad, what I thought about that the vision happened. And then he goes, you know, we were going to pay for everything for you. But then you made a post about you raising money. So we took a step back to see what you were going to do with it. I was like, really? Mm. So that was the first time of my life becoming a thriving lifestyle. Like I just said, I can't believe I did that. Mm. Logically, I didn't, I didn't, I couldn't figure out how that was gonna make sense. Mm-hmm. People were like, dude, that's not logically. You're probably going to have to like, you know, move there or find out where he lives or try to show up. Or you're probably going to have to become an athlete. You're probably going to have to figure something out to meet this person. You know, you don't, people like that don't just hang out with people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, right. Yeah. And again, I don't have no opportunities. I don't have connections. I don't come from a family that know people like that. No one's like that. Mm-hmm. I don't have no, no, I didn't have no opportunities given to me. So when that happened, I was like, what else can I do? And you know what I mean? And like, so that jump rope st- was one of the first things that I saw in my life was there was something special I felt like about myself. Mm-hmm. I felt like because I learned to live in my head as a child, that using that now for positive thoughts mm-hmm. in my recovery allowed me to obsess over something so much and truly think about it so much that I would feel it as if I already have it. And because I feel like I have it, I start acting on things. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden it becomes my reality. Yeah. So that first thing I was like, okay, what else is next? And the next thing I said was, I'm going to be a person who's going to be a voice for a lot of people. And I'm going to spread hope and vulnerability and letting people know that anything is possible. So that's why I kept on making videos on Instagram. I made a YouTube channel, right? The TikTok, I was doing all that, you know, and I did build it. I did build a decent following on there. Like I did, right. It was growing. And through that, I started getting on different podcasts from different states, different countries. You know what I mean? People are like, I want to have you, I want to have you, I want to have you. I'm like, oh, wow, this is really happening too. Like, this is really cool. And then when I got a job in treatment, now I'm working in treatment. Okay, now I'm working with people in recovery, like or like a rehab. And then they were like, do you want to run a group? The person that's running a group didn't show up. I heard that you want to do that. This is the first week of me working in rehab. I'm like, uh, <laughs> wait, this is the opportunity to practice. Can I be effective for people in front of a crowd of people? And the clients were like, dude, this is the best group we've ever had. I'm like, really? Nice. And so that is what pushed me to to continue to say, I'm going to be somebody big in this world. And so the next thing that happened for me too was Kanye West's life coach. P. Diddy, the guy that P. Diddy goes to, Leonardo DiCaprio, Robert Downey Jr. went to this guy named Tim Story. He's, you know, total big motivational speaker, pastor. Mm -hmm. um, He helps out celebrities. He's known for that. He's, He's everywhere. I would watch videos of him getting interviewed and then I would pause it and I would close my eyes and I would act like he's talking to me and I would answer the question and I would do that every night so I can be ready for when I meet him. I'll know, you know what I mean? I want to hang out with him. Like I want to mm-hmm. pretend like it's real. 11 months into my sobriety, I'm working at this treatment center and 
uh, they asked me, you're the new guy, Fausto. There's all the staff members. What's your, what's your story? I've been sexually abused, molested. My dad abandoned me. This I got neglected. This is that. I tried killing myself. This is now codependent. I'm celibate right now. I'm losing my mind. Blah, blah, blah. And now God said everything happened for a reason for me. Right? Like me, like I do. This guy taps me on my shoulder and goes, I turn around. He goes, hey. He goes, I just want to say I respect you as a man to share that. I go, thank you. And I go, wait, aren't you Connie West's life coach? Aren't you Tim Story? He goes, yeah. I go, Holy fuck, <laughs> I talked to you on my TV. <laughs> what? Oh, that's awesome. So again, another thing that happened in my life that logically didn't make sense to me. And people were like, bro, you're crazy. You act like you hang out with these people already. I'm like, I'm manifesting it. <laughs> so that was another thing that happened too really early on in my recovery. And so it just built a curiosity into like, like, do I really have this power to create these things that I want now? That sounds so wild, but they work for me. It's the way I think, you know, yeah. it works for me. Mm -hmm. Like logically, methodically, analytically, I can't do that. My brain can't process it. Uh -huh. I'll ruin it. Mm -hmm. Mine's like, oh, we'll see what happens. <laughs> I'm just going to think about it, feel it, and then pretend like I have it and act like I have it. And then because I'm acting like it, doors open up for me. Yeah. You know? That's amazing. There's power in that. There's a lot to mm -hmm. unpack there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, first of all, you know, it's interesting that you find your niche. Now, jumping rope. I try. I, I was at the, some sporting good place and I saw a jump rope. And I thought, well, that was really good exercise when I was high school. And I bought one. I took it home. And after about ten hops, it's like, awesome. yeah, I forgot how that really it's is, a good workout. It, yeah, it's a, <laughs> kind of a too good of a workout. Oh my god. Anyway, so I mean, but you and it's kind of an obscure niche for a lot of people, but it's a very known niche, and it's interesting. You kind of dialed in mm -hmm. to your thing. Mm -hmm. And you excelled at it. And then you identified your hero, Buddy, Buddy Lee. Buddy Lee. Buddy Lee. And then you you find yourself hanging with the dude. Yeah. <laughs> That's super cool. Yeah. That's thriving. Yeah, totally. You know, I want to hang out with Jimmy Page. It still hasn't happened. <laughs> yeah. uh, you can coach him faster. Before you were born, there's this great mystical band called Led Zeppelin. Oh, I don't yeah. know if you've heard of them. I've heard not. of them. But oh. yeah, uh, I just wanted to hang out with Jimmy Page. And I need to follow your <laughs> <You're> techniques. <right? laughs> Hire me as your life coach. It could be Jimmy Page. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'd love that him as a life coach. And uh and then, you know, and it's so funny because my other, on the other side of the rock spectrum, uh, Nancy Wilson, you know, Hart, mm -hmm. um, I always just had the biggest crush on her. I, met, I once shook her hand in a concert and I always thought, you know, that'd be so cool to meet her. And long story short, I was with Mrs. Fender backstage at an event and I was talking to the lead singer from Foreigner and he was a super nice guy. These are all bands you never heard of. And um, he goes, you want to meet Nancy Wilson? I said, what? Yes, I do. And so he, we walk down this little hall and he knocks on the door and the door swings away. It's Nancy Wilson. Hi. And it's like, I was like, I didn't have anything to say. <laughs> Jaw drops. I, I wish I had I met you before that because I could have said something cool. <laughs> right? I been frozen. Was the highlight. <laughs> She's like, who's the end at my door? Just standing with his mouth open. Oh, wow. Okay, I'm learning stuff. I need it's to funny. do a redo on life. Yeah, I do too. I'm going to be like all motivated now to start manifesting. Oh, man. But there is power in it, for sure. 
Yeah, I'm learning. I'm learning a lot on this podcast. I'm learning. I'm learning everything I did wrong. <laughs> Thanks to you, Fausto. Thanks, man. I'm kind of realizing I'm kind of lazy. After this session, you're both going to need therapy, huh? Like, yeah. I, just, I got this twitch now. <laughs> it won't go away. Uh, okay. Yeah. So we keep going. Okay. Let's let's learn what okay. else I did wrong? Okay. <laughs> okay. So now again, too, like the the jump rope thing for me, it was like a movie, right? Like that. That year of doing that, I mean, that just made me believe that everything did happen to me for a reason, right? Again, all this was just like boosting my uh, sobriety because I was like, dude, like even in AA, I was like, dude, I just want to share about what's happening outside of AA, guys. Like, this is crazy, right? Um, and like, it was just, that's what I'm saying. It was so wild. I was, I was so pumped. And then once that, once that was one thing that thrived and the Connie West life, I mean, again, I was like, oh my gosh, talking to my TV worked. You know what I mean? It was just, it was just cool because when I'm doing it, I'm doubting. I don't know what I'm doing. Cause again, I don't know how to live life at this point. I was never taught. I'm relearning how to live life. I'm relearning how to pay my bills, uh, getting health insurance, you know, uh, getting my own car, paying, getting my own, like building up credit. Like all this stuff was so new to me. Mm -hmm. Well, taking care of your mom. Yeah. Yeah. And being a great brother. Yes. Awesome. So, you know what I mean? So there's so many things that were like, I didn't really know like the simple things in life. Mm -hmm. Like if someone could be like, how do you not know these simple things? But yet you have all these other stuff happening in your life. It's like, I don't know. It's just like, I, I just, that's just how it is for me. Yeah. So when those two things happened, it really opened up my eyes. Like, what else can I create? So when I was working in, um, when I was working in a treatment, I was like, people are like, bro, you should be a life coach. I'm like, yeah, that'd be cool. But, <laughs> but again, I didn't know my niche for life coaching, right? I was like, well, addiction maybe. But then I, I would try it, but then I'm like, it comes feels weird because of my recovery and then trying to charge for addiction. Uh, it just didn't sit right for a long time. So I strayed away from being a life coach for addiction because I'm like, this is my thing I do for free. I need to find balance. I can't make my yeah. recovery and this, maybe something else, right? Mm-hmm. So, I, so I was trying to figure it out, right? I had some sober foul shirts that came out and it said, tap me on the shoulder if you want to get sober. Right. So people that were nervous about admitting that they have a problem, if they saw me wearing the shirt, they would tap me. And I saw a lot of people loving the shirt. I was like, okay, so sober Faust, sober Faust. Maybe this is going to be a thing. Sober mm-hmm. Faust, life coach for maybe something else, speaker. I want, I want to be a motivational speaker. I see that too. You know, and it was about finding purpose in your pain. Mm. Those are the thoughts, right? Because that's what I was doing. I was giving everything that I've been through. Like, I'm so happy to be met, molested. People were like, what? But for me, for me, because I'm so happy that now I can help people with it. Yeah. I needed to be this person to heal. Yeah. So now I can help people who've been through it because I can, I, mean, I, I have a voice now. I'll stand mm-hmm. up for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to help you learn how to find meaning in this. And yeah. You're going to help somebody else. Yeah. Right? So pain and purpose, addiction. I was supposed to be an addict to understand people. I'm a voice. Now I'm going to help other people have that same mm-hmm. mindset. Um, codependency. I'm so codependent. If a girl looks at me, I think you love me. <laughs> I'm going to help people with codependency too. I'll be that person that admits that. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like, that's cool. Like, I didn't know if a girl liked me. I didn't have to like her back. I was like, dude, I didn't know that. <laughs> like, oh, I'm codependent. You know what I mean? So I'm going to help people with codependency. At least I figured one thing out before you. <laughs> and then same thing with anxiety, right? I have, a, I have such bad social anxiety. Like, it's crazy. I take fake phone calls in the grocery store. You know, hey, how's it going? Uh, Sam? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, of course. And then I'm like, and then my head. Yeah, I'm like, why are that two million to my account? Oh, I've done that. I've done that. I was like, hey, what's up, Oprah Winfrey? <laughs> what? I'm so much anxiety. I'm like, yeah, fake calls. 
<laughs> you know, I knew a guy just to interject that sat at the bar smart. and he'd, he'd do it on his cell phone. He'd talk about the talk to his pilot to get his Learjet gas up. And the girls in the bar would overhear it. And bam, it was it's even like a chick magnet with that. Anyway, I diverted. Go ahead. I might try that one now. Huh? <laughs> Actually, I think it will. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? Like, these are the, like looking at the painful things with purpose, like they happen to me to help out people. And then looking at the, the insecurity with with comedy right like i said the social anxiety the fake phone mm-hmm. calls or sometimes i'm like do i say hey hi or hello I'm overthinking how to say hi to somebody right yeah. i overthink it so much and then i don't say nothing i freeze <laughs> <laughs> and then someone's like you good <laughs> you know i'm that person right like i'm the person that i'll share at a meeting and then i forget what i'm going to share when i'm sharing and then once i'm done sharing i want to share again <laughs> so I say now. you know so like again i was like I can laugh at this stuff and share it. I mean, I can help people with anxiety. Mm-hmm. So the life coaching thing, I start to see all these things as like ways to help people. I'm like, oh my gosh, these are my superpowers. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, I've learned that when you, I, I started to learn, it's expressing your struggles or what brings us closer together. Mm-hmm. And when you impress, it separates us. But mm-hmm. it, we, we, we want to impress people because we think it might make people like us. That's why I did it. It wasn't because I thought I was better. I just thought people would like me if I did things. Mm-hmm. And then when I learned, it separated me though. So as I started expressing these things that I struggle with, like in that funny, funny way, mm-hmm. I started feeling so connected to people too. I was like, wait a minute, this is really working. So the life coach thing in my head, I was like, well, I used to DJ before. I love music. I love, I love, I love everything that goes on. And like, you know, my mind, I'm like, man, I want to hang out with an actor. I want to see how they think. I want to hang out with, you know, a musician. I want to see how they think. I love the way people think that do things. That's all I want. I love talking to people. That's what stimulates me. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm going to life coach like celebrities, maybe. Yeah, that'll be my thing. Backstage at Coachella, dancing to house music, but I'm up here backstage because I'm his life coach. And we're having a great time. You know, I would start imagining that like it's going to happen. So I would go to the, I'd go to this um, house event for techno music every Tuesday. And I would sit there and picture myself like that's going to be me helping somebody up there. It's going to happen. And I would sit with that. And then I'd watch a bunch of celebrities and be like, I picture myself hanging out with these people. Like I'm back there with them, helping them. It's going to happen. Well, in 2020 during COVID, I had a YouTube channel. I did, I did a video and um, I won't say the person's name, but I did the video and I was like, all right, God, you do whatever you want with this. Like I'm, I'm going to stop caring about the likes and the comments and all this because it's messing with my head. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to put it out there and see what happens. I'm not going to think about it. I get a phone call or a text. This guy I met one time, he goes, hey, my friend wants to meet you. You know, I was like, okay, I get this a lot. You're like, you want to meet? Yeah, he saw your video on YouTube. He wants to, okay, that's like, cool. It happens in my life a lot. I go meet this person. I'm sitting with him and he has a mask on. So I'm like, okay, you know, I don't know who he is. He goes, you don't know who I am? I go, uh, I, don't, I don't know. And then he says who he is. And I'm like, oh my gosh, my mom always talks about you. She's like, you need to see this guy. He's on TV, this, this, and that, you know? And I, and I kind of wouldn't really process it in my head because I don't watch TV. And in my head went, oh my God, I'm sitting with this person that my mom loves to death that's been telling yeah. me about. Now it's wow. here and it's a person at a high class, right? Yeah. And we ended up becoming, you know, I ended up, you know, becoming good friends and, and really, you know, being able to help this person in a lot of ways. And so in my head, I went, oh my gosh, this is just proof that <laughs> life coaching people, that was happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No kidding. 
And it was amazing because I got to tell my mom, mom, guess who's coming over today? And she's like, wait, what? I'm like, yeah, I know her now. <laughs> and I, my mom was so happy, right? Yeah. Again, one of those yeah. moments of like, this is so cool. I get to do this. That's cool. And so that was another thing that started happening, right? I'm like, oh my gosh. Because in my mind, I'm like, people at this caliber, I would think, can afford any type of psychologist, therapist. They have the money for this stuff. Sure. They know people. Of course. But I'm different than all the people they try getting help from something about me is different and he and, and the person would tell me like you're just so vulnerable dude you say things that are like i wouldn't think someone would ever say in right. public mm-hmm. and you have a way of looking at everything as like a as a blessing and you're able to validate and, and make people feel seen and safe and you're able to not judge and you're able to connect the dots with why this affects this this and that so there's not shame around it he goes mm-hmm. he goes i've never been able to get that yeah like, oh wow so that really opened up the door to the thriving on like another thing that I thought about that's happening. So you're it's just like the trauma came in waves. The thriving came in waves. Yeah. Okay. So man, my head's exploding with questions. So let's, let's just pause for a second. Um, with thriving, there's a magic moment where you break out beyond the survive stage into thriving. In other words, a lot of people, you know, with, with, with the trauma that you've been through, they get, and I'm not saying this in a judgmental way, yeah. but they get back on their feet. They go through triple mm-hmm. or they go through AA. I was going to say triple mm-hmm. A <laughs> and they get sober. And, and, but, but, but then they're kind of like that. That's cool. And they get a, they get a nine to five job and they're, they're surviving and they're paying their bills mm-hmm. and that's, and that's success. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I say that with nothing but respect. Yeah. I, I don't mean that in a judgmental yeah. way. But some people break out of that and say, hey, if I can survive mm-hmm. being molested sexually, if I can survive my dad, mm-hmm. uh, you know, checking out and not being a good dad, if I can survive my mom getting cancer more than once and, and all the other layered stuff we've talked about throughout uh, our our discussion, maybe I have this inner energy and fire that if I tap into it, I can do really amazing mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. and hang out with my life heroes mm-hmm. And, and all the stuff you're talking about, was there like a moment where you kind of woke up and said, wow, I, I can really turn on the afterburners here? Yeah, you know, it was, um, so there's one thing, there's one thing I've learned about trauma is like, I saw this post and I like it. Trauma when healed becomes passion. Mm-hmm. Ooh, dude. I like because, that. Because think That's about a refrigerator it. magnet. That is. Yeah. Because think about it, passion, like wow. I'm passionate about helping people, right? You can block me in a dumpster for 30 days. When I come out, I'm still want, going to want to help people. I can't shut that off. That's one mm-hmm. thing I can't shut off. It doesn't matter what happens. It's always there, right? It's yeah. just who I am. It's And I love it. It's like it's a high. So trauma is the same way too, right? When I suppress being abused sexually, as much as I said I'm not going to think about it, I'm not going to talk about it, it literally had the same power. No matter how old I got, no matter what I did to avoid it by changing my appearances and all this stuff, it still yeah. was with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? So then I was like, oh my gosh, that makes sense. So I need to heal the trauma for it to become a positive thing. And that's usually becomes where I heal the trauma and now I'm passionate about helping people with that thing. Yeah. yeah. You know, and that's why like, um, I think it's so important. So when you asked me when I, um, what was like the, do I realize that I have this? What do you say? Well, when the switch kind of went off and said, hey, maybe wow. I can do right. more than survive here. Mm-hmm. Maybe I can really tap in and thrive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think, like I said, I think since the first day I felt that, but I have imposter syndrome. So even when I did think that there's many times where even today, I still feel like, um, I don't really see the, 
the value in myself at times, mm. you know, cause like when we get to more into the thriving, I'm sure you guys will hear like how much stuff has happened, but part of me still feels like an imposter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Part of me still feels like there's no way I'm probably over. I'm probably thinking I'm, there's no way I'm that gifted at this. There's no way I'm that helpful towards people. There's no way I stand out. I can't stand out. I've never, there's no way there's so many people that have better, better looking or more money or, or they're a lot smarter than me. There's no way that I'm the person that's going to be a standout person in this world. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's a part of me that, that, that says that to myself. Right. Okay. So, so on that point, there must, I mean, you're obviously a very remarkably bright guy. You must've figured out some way of dealing with that. Yeah. And it's having people in my life. Yeah. That's uh-huh. what it is. Connection. Because see, for so like for my business that I do, I have a group therapy business, right? I contract with addiction centers and mental health. Okay. So I'm around 200 clients a week running groups on purpose, pain, trauma, uh, finding your passion, how, yeah. to, how to manifest, right? Relapse prevention. So every time a client happens all the time, this is the best. You're amazing. Thank you. Can I talk to you, man? You're just so inspiring. Like yeah. what you said, they start crying, mm-hmm. open up about things. So that helps remind myself, right? Mm-hmm. And then I have my mentor, um, which is my pastor, who literally has done things that I would love to live that life. So having someone who I respect to say, you're gifted, dude. And his sons, all his sons will mm-hmm. say, our dad loves you, dude. You're oh. literally just mm-hmm. like him. Like you, you've added value to our dad's life. So thank you. Oh, You know, stuff like that. Wow. You know what I mean? Nice. I'm like, okay. And then my sponsor, <laughs> you know, he said the other day, he goes, I know your, I know your real dad's not around to like support you. He never goes to any of your events. He's never heard you speak. You know, he goes, but I just want to let you know when I saw you speak at the crossings church in front of 500 people, if I was your dad, I would have been a proud dad. Mm. He's like, you don't understand what you have. He's like, you have the ability to reach millions of people. He's like, Foster, you speak, everybody listens and they cry, they open up. And I'm talking about people that are from their 80s mm-hmm. to kids, oh, yeah. people that are every race, every different background, everybody connects to you. He's like, that's not normal. Mm-hmm. You know, so having people <laughs> like that in my life and my equals and, you know, hearing that a lot, you're exceptional, you're unique, dude, you're gifted. Like, oh my gosh, Foster, can you speak here? Can you speak at this school? Can you speak at this place? All those things help keep me grounded, right? Mm-hmm. Um to, to battle that. Cause it's, it's there. Right. And obviously prayer and, you know, re- reading the word and my church, all that's all like the protectiveness to keep me going because the, just because I have thriving doesn't mean I'm, I'm still not at times surviving. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I get it. Uh, yeah. you know, and, and the thing is, is that I think you're, I think the folks that told you that are absolutely right. You mm-hmm. do have, and probably already are helping millions and, yeah. and you're a young guy, you're going to, help a lot more. But a lot of people may get to the survival stage and they say, Hey, you know what? I'm not helping out millions, but for other people, it can be helping out mm-hmm. one person. Yeah. yeah that's you know, it. and yeah. that's very, very powerful mm-hmm. yeah. uh, in and of itself. So, yeah. so I think we, they deserve uh, our respect. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. A question I'm dying to ask you. Okay. A lot of people might have gone through Trauma similar to yours, sexual abuse, mm-hmm. your mom getting sick, your dad, you know, all the, the long list that we've talked about, your dad checking out. And they're just, and you talked about it earlier, you're pissed off at God. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I think God can kind of take it. And this isn't really a religious show per se, mm. but it's, you know, part of trauma right. recovery with most guests 
God is a very key component. Mm-hmm. So uh, here's my question, Fausto. What is it that got you out of being remaining being pissed at God? Because a lot of people would just say, screw it all. That's it. You know, yeah. God, you know, blew me off. So I'm going to blow off God and, and live life yeah. as an atheist or whatever, not care. What was it that allowed you to kind of move through that whole thing to where you are now? Yeah. So when I was at my rock bottom, right. Cause again, remember I wasn't really a person close to God, so there was no hate. Right. Mm-hmm. But it was just when I hit that rock bottom and I was going to die, mm-hmm. that was the first time I said, God, if you are real, it was the first time I was reaching out, right. Actually reaching like, God, if you're real, why would you do this? But then when I had that moment where I read scripture, cause I didn't read the Bible at that point that happened maybe the day before I went to my buddy's house, read scripture. And then when I got from it, that God gives the strongest battles to strongest warriors right then and there it shifted it <laughs> again. I'm just, it was just so powerful to think that like, you know what I mean? It was just like, all I wanted was to be a superhero in my life as a kid mm-hmm. watching superhero movies, you know, looking at all. That's why I look back and go, no wonder I like that stuff. Cause I always felt like I, I want to have powers. Mm-hmm. So hearing that scripture the day after I was kind of mad at God and it basically saying like, I have a superpower in a sense, right? I mm-hmm. can help people mm-hmm. that just developed such a love for God. Hmm. And then because I put in the work like I did and I saw my life just get so much better and it's, it's more not even just externally better, but internally better. I was like, wow, God, like this is you. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love you now. <laughs> it's amazing. Like I'm on this God stuff, man. I'm about to get high, I want to get high on God. Yeah. Get high on God. So it was really easy for me to kind of to, 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 to chase God and not be so mad because yeah. I didn't really have any religious trauma growing up. So that's why I just, I loved God after I had that because I never had religious trauma, uh-huh. right? So I didn't really have a, because people do have that. And I, and I totally understand it. I work with people that have that. Oh, yeah. And so I understand mm-hmm. why some people can be mad at God. They have good reasons. I know it. And I'm never going to push. I never push God on anybody. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I mean? Because that's why I've read all the religions. Yeah. I'm so open to it all to me. And But it's good because it helps me be able to help people yeah. and understand how to speak to them. Right. And I think that's why people feel safe with me because- you know, I'm able to be like, that makes sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to push anything on you. Totally. Like, you believe in what you want to believe. Whatever you believe is what you're going to receive. Mm-hmm. And that's what you'll achieve. So believe it, right? So to love God for me was really easy. Nice. It was really easy. Well, you yeah. know, in Crossings Church is there in Costa Mesa, right? Yeah. I mm-hmm. spoke there once. And while we were getting set up, somebody came in and said, you know, we got all the, this is the day the homeless come in and take their showers. Where are the towels? Where are the towels? Mm-hmm. I thought that is so cool Yeah, that they open their doors up to whoever. Yeah. Pastor Randy that runs, uh, I was talking to him and he was like the whole purpose of doing the crossings, the lifelines church this way for, um, for recovery on Friday nights. Uh It's like a concert in there. Yeah. It's, you know, he's like, I want it. It's a Friday. Mm -hmm. We need to make it fun. Then if it's a Friday night, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, And so like, um, yeah, he's amazing. He's such yeah. a good person. Yeah, he no, really I totally is. dig that. I yeah. totally dig that. Because, you know, a lot of people do go through a religious trauma, whether it be a, a high demand religion or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know a lot of, I have got friends, of course, that are Catholic and very happy being Catholic. Some people get feel a little chewed up by it. And so they, you know, I'll, I guess I'm not explaining things uh, very clearly, but people go through things that don't work out for them and they get angry Mm -hmm. and they throw everything out. Well, that was me big time. Yeah. Oh yeah. I hated God. In fact, my sister, Denise, she hated God too. Everybody. Yeah. Denise and I, I think we really suffered the most in my entire family with that. Cause it was like, why Nicole, why did this happen? You know? um, But my, my anger towards God happened after my friend Troy died. 
And I was like, just wait a second, God. He finally got his shit together. He got sober, got his ankle bracelet off. He's about to get married. And now you take him. And I hated God. I mean, it was very, it was physical that my mom even said, she goes, you need to go to their house. You need to go to his parents' house, go pray with them, do whatever, but you can't, you can't keep doing this. And sure enough, I went over to their home and you said it earlier and I totally related to it. It's like, what is it? Give it to me. Right. And I always say, what is it? Is it, is it a pill? Is it a shot? Like, what is it? He's your kid. Right. And they're smiling and I'm the miserable one. So being mad at God and feeling abandoned is huge. And it's a real thing. And a lot of people in recovery, a lot of people struggle with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But, you know, some people successfully work through that. And that's, yeah. that's wonderful when, yeah. they, when they do. Um, so tell us more about this thriving thing. I mean, you're, you're hanging out with cool people. You're, you're, and you're heroes, famous people. Mm-hmm. You're a life coach. <laughs> You're, you're talking when you, when you've been talking this whole time about, I connect with 200,000 people a week. That's a lot of people. That's a lot. Um, But that's usually in the context of going into the recovery centers and talking to folks there. And yes, it's a combination of one. It's like a combination of going to treatment centers and running groups. uh, Cause some of these facilities have, you know, lots of people anywhere from like, uh, they can have anywhere from maybe a six bed detox or to like an outpatient that has, you know, 80 people, 150 people. And so being around that, and I'm the type of person where I care, right? Mm-hmm. And everyone wants to talk to me because I'm, I'm kind to of them. So I like hanging out before my group with them. I like hanging mm-hmm. out after. I, mm-hmm. That's me. I always show up early to everything that I do. And I always try to say the last one there. Mm-hmm. It's just something I've learned with being a good leader mm-hmm. um, that I've read a lot about and been trained to be a good leader. And so on top of that, though, like every Sunday night, we have recovery night. Um, and so people are there, mm-hmm. right? It could be up to 100 people. On top of, I'm always donating my time consistent. I'm speaking at this place. hundred people are going to be there. I'm speaking at this place. I mean, 300 people there. I'm speaking at this place. I'm just going to hang out with some people that want to hang out. Cool. Mm-hmm. I'll meet me here at dinner. Like, and then I, you know, I'll pay for the dinner for everybody. Like, I just want to talk to you guys. What do you guys need? A family hits me up. Yeah, I'll come visit your kid and stuff like that. So, um, I'm going to go to this event. Um, maybe there's somebody that needs help. I'm going to go walk around mm-hmm. the mall. Maybe someone needs help. I'm going to go to Irvine Spectrum and walk around. Maybe someone needs help. This mm-hmm. is how I live my life. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes I'm booked like, in, oh my God, I think it was June. I almost Oh, May, I almost, almost lost my mind. We had like, we had like 20 events. You know what I mean? Wow. And I was on top of working around people, probably recovery, top of going to AA, on top of doing church. I was around so many people that, that month, uh, but I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's why I'm around so many people. It's like my hobbies are helping people. Yeah. Yeah. So let me ask you this, uh, the flip side of that. I mean, what do you do for yourself? Just one-on-one. What do you do to take care of yourself? You know, with, I'm talking solitude or meditation, whatever you want to call it. So for me, it's uh, sometimes just take a nap. Mm -hmm. That's all I need. Mm -hmm. It was hard. It took me four years to figure out what that looks like. Cause I was confused. It's like, I feel like I I try to like rest like this person says to rest, but I can't do it. It's like killing me. Like I'm, I'm, my pastor says this and I agree with him. People are like, oh, I can't wait to retire and sit on a beach. Like that commercial, the Corona and the margarita. I'm like, that looks like suicide to me. Yeah. I have to be around people. Yeah. We talk yeah. about, I'll go there for like two minutes and be like, I'm out. And so it took me a while to understand like my way of resting for me because some people that are introverted need more alone time than an extrovert. Mm-hmm. But also I'm an extrovert that could come off as introverted. Mm-hmm. Maybe because I'm shy, right? So I was like, I don't know, what does this look like, right? And I be, I believe the beginning of all wisdom is when you know yourself. So I learned through a lot of therapy and, and reading and understanding myself was my rest time can be, okay, Monday when I get off of work, I'm going to go home, put on a random fiction movie and pass out 
eating whatever type of junk food I want mm -hmm. for that day. And that's enough for me for the week. Mm -hmm. Nice. You know, so you figured out what works for you. It's yeah. so simple like that. Yeah. Um, because even like vacations, I thought I might need, right. I'm going to go on vacation. That's what I need to catch up. If I go on a vacation after about a couple hours, I'm like, all right, I'm bored. <laughs> oh, no, I'm yeah. yeah. I, I, I can't. Cause to me, my life is a vacation. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, I don't want to go on vacation. Like my life is the vacation. It's well, nice. if you love what you're doing, you don't, it's not it's, work. None of it's work. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you, you, there's no such thing as work. Yeah. You know, if you get in the groove of some, you really enjoy mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And retirement, you know, a lot of my friends are retiring and I think it's sending a, uh, this is my own personal feeling. Uh, it's kind of sending a message to the universe that, mm -hmm. Hey, I'm ready to wind it down and die now. <laughs> <laughs> to die? Well, I mean, yeah, I'm of no use to anyone. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. That's my own weird thoughts, but I'm just saying that staying in the game keeps, mm -hmm. keeps a vitality and a youth yeah. kind of going. For sure. Think about you know, you're doing this. This might be your purpose for this season of your life. I, I, I think it is. Yeah. I want to do yeah. this till the day I croak. Yeah. Um, but my dad was the same way. My dad worked for Fender Guitars and he turned 65 about 10 times. You know, because they had mandatory retirement at 65 oh. <laughs> and he just, he loved his job. Yeah. You know, and my dad was a mechanical engineer with the, you know, the plastic oh. Pen oh, yeah. pencil protector, yeah. but he met with the biggest rock stars and he couldn't have cared less, no autographs, no pictures, but he loved sitting down with these yeah. guys where there's obviously a big gap in terms of age and generations but getting the, their instruments tweaked mm. and, and perfected to get the exact right vibe that they wanted. He loved being of service to those guys. People, yeah. uh, and that's what kept him going for years. Yeah. When people retire, they die. It's true. They kind of do. Mm -hmm. um, they do. Yeah, not for me. Spiritually, mentally, emotionally, yeah. they decline. Working in the senior industry for many years. Yeah. I've seen that. Well, William Lyon lived uh, right next mm -hmm. door to me up in Coto when I used to live up in Coto, mm -hmm. and he had a huge, huge. Uh, car collection. And he had pictures of all the different uh, generals in the, I don't know if he's in the army or where he was, but he had a bunch of generals. And uh, he says out of that whole wall of generals, uh, I'm the only one living. And the natural question is, what, what, what happened? And he said, they all retired. <laughs> is that what he said? Yeah. You know, and he kept working, you know, yeah. to the day he died. Anyway, um, yeah, this is so cool. Done. Any any other thriving so, wisdom? Oh my gosh, so much. Yeah. So so as this all as all this is happening, right? I'm I'm becoming this person, right? Um, you know, right now I have almost five years of my sobriety. Um, I went from, like I said, the jump rope thing manifested. Okay, then I get my one year sober. Okay. Then I get my second year sober, and in my second year sober. Um, I fall into a depression and I was like, what's happening? I learned to call it the terrible twos. Mm. Mm. It's a terrible twos, like kids. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, oh yeah, all the emotions are coming up that you suppress for so long. Oh wow. So I was all, sometimes all I need to know that it's that what I'm feeling is going to end and I get calm. It's like, okay, cool. So my second year, I, um, I got laid off from a job as a technician, making 15 bucks an hour. Okay, cool. Uh, then I was kind of like, what am I going to do now? Went to another treatment center. Didn't like it. Left after about a month. Went to another treatment center, didn't like it. And now I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm, gonna, I'm coming up on my second year this year. And I don't know what I'm going to do. I haven't, you know, I have no school education. I don't know what's happening. Um, yeah, I had the jump rope thing, which is amazing. Like that was cool. I have that to hold on to. You know, I met Connie West's life coach. Like that was cool to see that. I was like, well, like, oh my gosh. And then all of a sudden I was like, dude, maybe I just signed up for college. Oh my God, I don't know if I'm going to do this. So I go to one more job interview as a technician. My buddy's like, try this spot. 
I go and they're like, you know, actually we only have graveyard shift. I'm like, uh, I'm good on that. I'm not trying to work graveyard. So, you know, I signed up for school to be a counselor. Uh, maybe I'll make it look, cause again, I've, I was, I, I just knew I couldn't go back to bartending and do it to make more money. So I was like, all right, God, I'm going to humble myself and trust that more money will come. Mm-hmm. I've always learned if you're good at what you do, people will find you. Mm-hmm. And I've learned that, um, you know, uh, that God, God will bring in the money if you're doing God's work. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, sign up for school. And then the next day after I signed up for school to be a counselor, I got a phone call from that place. And the guy's like, Hey, God spoke to me. Do you want to be a counselor at our job? I went, I have to go to school for that. He goes, no, as long as so many people have their degree in it, you can work under them. I was like, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. So now, so then, so then as I'm in college and I'm now working as a counselor, I was stoked that year. And so um, that was another big thing for me, right? Oh gosh. Okay. Maybe this is going to happen. And then, um, you know, I ended up graduating college, right? So I got associates and, um, and uh, it's a human science or something with addiction studies thing. I became a CAD C, you know, CAD C2 uh, certified alcoholic and drug certified alcohol drug counselor, um, you know, and then I went to seminary school got a master's degree in theology. Oh, nice. Um, and, wow. then I, and then I'm also in school too still to get a bachelor's in social work too, you know, cause it's a separate school. So doing that, um, you know, I became a certified life coach through Connie West's life coach, Tim story. So I had that too, to add to that, you know, I have my jump rope certificate level two too. So I have that. So I'm getting all this stuff like that too. And then when I, was like making 24 bucks, maybe an hour as a counselor, another spot. That's when I was like, all right, God, I can't survive on this though. It's been almost four years of my sobriety. Like when's the money going to come? Mm-hmm. Cause everything that I've done working with celebrities, helping out people speaking, I never charge anything. Cause I was always told Fausto from my mentor, you're a rookie. Don't let your ego get to you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Give it away for free. And God will open up doors for you. Mm-hmm. So I stood true to that. I've, I've tried so many times to try to sell something, but I have so much respect for my mentors. I'm like, well, what do you think? I trust you guys. And he'd be like, well, this look at this, this and that. So I'm like, cool, I'm not going to charge. I'm going to keep on giving it away. Mm-hmm. So I'm still struggling financially in many ways, right? Because I'm helping my mom. And so when I was 20, when I, when I was making 24 an hour in 2020, the uh, at the end of the pandemic, I'm like, God, I need more money. Please, I live in Irvine right now. <laughs> How am I? This is expensive. I can't save anything. The girl that I'm with makes more money than me. Come on. I need help. I need, she's going to leave me by my mind. Right? Oh my gosh, come on, God. Finally in a relationship with my sobriety. Come on. Help me. She doesn't believe that this praying thing works. <laughs> Please help me. So, again, this is the power of God. And I want, I'll talk on that too more. Um, the next, that, that week, Day after Christmas, I find out my partner is cheating on me. My girlfriend Ooh, at the time. Oh, ouch. Right? Mm. Three years of sobriety, living in Irvine. Is this number five or six? Six. Number six, yeah. Right? And this is my first one in my sobriety that, mm-hmm. like, you know, mm-hmm. two years together, living in Irvine, all this stuff, you know. Uh, it was a great relationship to me because there was no fighting. There was no toxicity like that. There was no using or anything. You know what I mean? We weren't. We were, people looked at us as like power, the power couple and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, And so like, when I found that out the day after Christmas, I had a dream about it. I was like, that's weird. I started reading this book by Jim Quick, Write Out Your Dreams. It's kind of weird. All right, God, uh, I don't know what this is meaning. I kind of weirded out. And so after a meeting, I get back. Remember, I just prayed to make more money. Then I, ha- then I have this, this, this dream. And then I find out, you know, it's cheated on me. So I was like, I remember sitting in the house like, God, you know, this is my worst nightmare. I've been cheated on in all my relationships. Mm-hmm. 
And you know, remember the top, oh, all, all of them, all, all of them, six all, of them now. So the when I was 18 to 21, I got cheated on. When I was 22 to 25, I got cheated on those two ones, right? Uh, the other ones were just breakups when I was younger. But these two are, you know, being cheated on, which is to me, me being cheated on is worse than me being molested. Mm. Really? Yeah, that wow. was more detrimental. Gotcha. So when I got cheated on the third time, but in sobriety, and I was like, God, like I'm serving you, God. I'm doing ministry work, God. I help out so many people, God. Everything. I'm helping my mom out, God. Why? You know, this is my worst nightmare. I was almost angry. I was like, did you know this is the thing that takes me out? Why couldn't you just make it a failed relationship? I've been cool with that. It just didn't work out. Mm-hmm. I'm cool with that, but not this. And I can't run away. I can't drink over. I can't use over this. I'm like, what do I kill myself because of this to escape? And so luckily um, from being around so many people in recovery and being so vulnerable still with my life, I called my AA people and I was like, look, this just happened right now. I need help. They're mm-hmm. like, we're on our way. Yeah. So they drive to my place. And I'm sitting there waiting for them in my head. I'm like, oh my God, what do I do? Do I break stuff in the house? Do I do something? Should I screenshot this, like the messages from the guy? Should I post it out there? And my head's just like, forgive her. I'm like what? Forgive her. That's what I'm hearing in my head, right? Forgive her. Forgive her. What was your part? What was your part? And it hit me. You're still chasing your dad's love, Fausto. She's emotionally detached. She reminds you of your dad. Mm-hmm. You haven't fully forgiven him. Mm-hmm. And I went, oh my gosh. I chills. And I was like, I got to forgive her. So I moved out within two hours, moved into the church that we house people that don't have insurance. And I'm laying on this cot. And I'm just like, oh my God, I got to get it comes back. Why, oh God, I'm laying in this cot. It's raining outside. Now I'm back here. I was just in Irvine. And God goes, remember when you wanted to save more money? I was like, yeah. God's like, you don't got rents. <laughs> I was like, again, too. I was like, oh my gosh. It's like that voice again in my head. I started laughing and I'm laughing and it's pouring rain outside. The bathroom doesn't work. And there's a guy on methamphetamine going fast. So the government's outside, flashlight, turns on heroin, throwing up all around me. And I'm just sitting there like smiling. Like, <laughs> he don't have rent. Oh my gosh. This I'm rent free. <laughs> you know, and so like through that, through that process, that was another thriving moment to see myself face one of the hardest things that I've feared my whole life to happen again, I thought maybe it would never happen because I thought just being clean and sober was the answer. But to see that I was still chasing my dad's love, which showed me more forgiveness than I need to do towards my dad. It taught me that actually the thing that's hurt me the most was my dad not being there. I would have thought I was being molested and sexually abused. No, it was actually that. That mm-hmm. showed me that. But God also showed me that through that scenario, he showed me how strong I was. He showed me how much people loved me how much support I had. Mm-hmm. Um, he showed me that I was able to go through something so that I was so scared of and come out the other side because I could only get the growth that I needed to get to where I'm at today through that pain. Yeah. And I believe, yeah. that, I believe that what we want in life takes uh, pain to develop character. Mm-hmm. So that's when I was homeless for a year by choice. I stood by at choice? The, yeah, I stood at the church, right, for a while. I started giving out free counseling there picking them up. I was like, I can offer my gifts here for free to these guys that don't have insurance. And then I put everything, like I did, I put everything on Instagram. I didn't say exactly what happened, but I was just like, look guys, now I guess I'm sleeping in a church and this is my journey. This is what I'm going through. I want you to let you know, like we're in this together. Same thing. Cause I put everything and people started sending me money. My followers, people were sending me food. People were stopping by bringing food and people were like, Hey, you can stay at my house. I have an extra room. Hey, you want to sleep here? I need a dog sitter. Hey, you want a house sit? I'm going to be gone. Hey, you helped my family out so much. Come stay with us. Hey, I was like, oh my gosh, I was staying. So I was like, just, just basically couch surfing at times, sleeping in my car sometimes, going here. I was like, God just showed me through this scenario how much 
uh, how many seeds I've planted for my selflessness and making life so much about others. Even when people said you do way too much for other people, there's no way this is going to bless you one day. You're overdoing it. Your way of thinking is illogical. Your concept of God and what you think you're saying is wrong because I lived a life of helping people so much, but then God showed me in the scenario when everything was taken from me, how much people love me because of what I've done. Yeah. Yeah. And it it just showed me that like, wow, like I have so many people in my corner cheer me on that care Mm -hmm. about me. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of love. Wow. A lot of love. Uh And so that was another thriving moment. And in that season is when I started a movement called the SoCal Hope Dealers and, you know, spreading hope hope dealer dope dealer to hope dealer and we had like we had hundreds of people showing up to these events we do music and speakers and free food at the magic house which is a house where we we house people and throw events at and then we have this house we're having all these parties and hundreds of people are showing up and i'm speaking and i'm seeing it manifest like oh my gosh this is something that no one really does who has their house open um all the time that's all the craziest people in the world come in like that's a strong wife in there you know what i mean she must really trust her husband and so i'm seeing all this happening and then and then I was like, dude, I want to, I want to start a business. I don't know how to do that. And then I was got to a scenario where I was like, all right, God, I'm going to trust you. I don't know what it's going to look like, but I think I can maybe do this group facilitating thing. How, how much do they make? I saw someone doing it. They make good money because I was kind to people the whole time. I started making up to six figures within four months. Hmm. I was like, oh my gosh. Right. To see that that was possible. I never thought that was possible for me. So now I have a group therapy business. And then with that happening, um, all of a sudden, people, I started getting booked to speak more from speaking at the high schools now, different churches, different things, more podcasts were coming my way. I was like, this is crazy. All this stuff's happened, the domino effect. Mm-hmm. And people, or it was, it was crazy. And then all of a sudden, my buddy's like, hey, there's this America's Got Talent type of show coming up, but it's called the Redneck Talent Show. But it's, oh, yeah. But it's the biggest YouTubers in the game. These, you know, YouTube is the thing. Yeah. Um, it was, it's like the guys that are friends with Logan Paul and Jake Paul, which are the guys that box Mayweather and like they're all super famous. There's a guy named um, Patty Mayo. You know, he has like 10 million subscribers, like huge. Mm. And I was like, my buddy's like, I'm the casting director. Do you want to be on it? It's in Florida. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is another sign. So I went out there to Florida, the most nerve wracking experience of my life. But I got to be on a big platform and say, I'm only here. I'm here because I want to show people it's possible that if you've been sexually abused, molested, struggle with addiction, try killing yourself, you're not alone. That's why I'm here. Mm. I'm going to do the jump rope, but I'm not the jump roper. I'm the I'm the person that wants to help people. Yeah. And so another thriving moment, right? I'm like, how is this happening right now? And then Fox News, uh, some of the people, I met some people from Fox News, right? Uh, I'm like, wow, then that's happening now. Like, is this going to air? Like, what's going to happen, you know? So like so many things in my life of thriving it's almost like, how are all these things happening? Yeah. All these things are happening. And because all I want to do, like I said, is I want to be sitting with Oprah one day. You want to what? Sit with Oprah Winfrey. Oh, you day. will. You I'll will. carry your luggage if you want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just want oh, yeah. sure. I'll be your chauffeur. Oh, that's guaranteed. Well, let's, let's oh, unpack yeah. this a little bit. Yeah. Let's, so let's give a shout out to your your group therapy business. What's the name of the business? How, people, how do people find you there? So it's not... I don't really post it up there like that. Cause it's like, you know, it's more like I just connect with treatment centers, but okay. if people just find me on Instagram or All right. they can get a hold of me. Right. Or, or in contact me if they have a treatment center okay. and they want to have it. I got, I got you. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so you more contract with independent contract. Uh, yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. How do people reach you that want to reach you? 
Instagram. Just Instagram? Yeah, okay. Hope, yeah. Hope cool. Dealer Fausto is the best way. Hope Dealer. Hope Dealer Fausto. Yeah. yeah, I love Fausto. it. Fausto. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. okay. And then you mentioned your, your speaking career. Yeah. But talk about that. So I had a vision to be a motivational speaker, right? So I started yeah. watching motivational speakers. Uh, Les Brown, Tony Robbins, um, T.D. Jakes, E.T., uh, you know, Gary V, uh, T- Tim Story, all these people speaking. And I'd be like, close my eyes. Okay, Grant Cardone does this thing called 10X, all the cool speakers. Close my eyes. I'm pretending I'm there with all of them, laughing mm-hmm. in the background. And I'm speaking up there and I'm, people are laughing, you know, blah, blah, blah. So that was another thing. I was like, I'm going to be a motivational speaker. Because people always say I'm so positive and uplifting. Oh, yeah. So I, I looked at AA as the foundation for me to practice how to speak. Ah. I didn't, you know, I didn't know how to talk to people when I got sober. You, you apparently I, got over that. I had to read books, how to have a conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Again, one of my things, I got to learn how to talk to people. I'm all <laughs> studying and stuff like this. Yeah. So I, I was like, hey, hey, I must be an AA because I'm going to practice my speaking skills for free. Yeah. Cool. So it's share every meeting. Speaker meeting, 30 minutes. Oh, here's my opportunity at an AA meeting, 30 minutes practice. Uh-huh. And then running groups when I got as a technician, I get to speak. Hey, okay, now I'm doing it when I had like a year, right? Just just working at 15 bucks an hour, but I get to speak to people. Sure. Mm-hmm. Practicing. And then when I met my uh, mentor, Chief Aguilar or Phil Aguilar, and I, that's when he had the magic house, right? And I started seeing a person that had people over. He'd be like, we're going to have an event here. You want to, I want you to speak. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. Now I'm speaking at events. Interesting. So I started seeing it manifest, right? Cause I believed I was going to be a big speaker in this world. And so I started seeing a manifest with all these opportunities to speak. And so I kept on hearing, you're really good. You're really good. You're really good. And then when I started seeing myself get booked to speak at treatment centers, hey, we're doing a speaker meeting. People have recommended you. Okay. Everyone loves you. All the, I've never seen people so engaged. You're so funny, but you're so raw and you're so real. Oh, yeah. They want you to come back mm-hmm. everywhere I go. It was almost like it's not me being, um, it's not me being cocky. It was just this level of confidence. Like I could walk into a room with anybody and get them uplifted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I started seeing it happen. Like again, doing everything for free, always for free. Um, and then just simple stuff like the crossing church, big thing, same thing for all the people that are like, dude, yeah. you're amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my gosh. Speaking in San Diego at a thing at a church. You're amazing. Going to on the TV thing. You're amazing. People were crying in the audience at that talent show mm-hmm. thing. Right. People were coming up to me. Oh, people yeah. opened about the deepest things. I'm like, all right, God, there's a gift uh-huh. here for the speaking. I don't know how to make money from it yet. Cause I don't like asking for money. I'm going to, again, trust you that if I keep on sharpening my skills speaking one day, someone that I'll meet will open up a door for me. Mm-hmm. That's how I've always been. I, I never asked for money till this day. I just don't. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't want to do that. I want to trust God that will bring it and be humble. So, you know, that's, that was a speaking thing. And so like, you know, now like people always want me to speak at things. Yeah. And, and yeah, I believe I, I, I get that. I mean, just an idea, but one, one solution, because I, I get it. You, you, you're humble and you want to stay humble and you don't want to become that guy yeah. mm-hmm. who's trying to, trying to monetize right. God's gifts yeah. and that kind of thing. But it, it, just an idea yeah. is just say, you know what? It's, it's, I'll do it for free, but if you want to make a donation, I'll, I'll leave that decision in your yeah. hands. That way, the pressure's off mm-hmm. and, but you got to pay your bills too. Yeah. Right? You know? And so that's why um, I learned from my, uh, my pastor, you know, keep your day job so you can focus on your purpose because mm-hmm. then there's mm-hmm. not so much pressure. So when I started my group therapy business, um, I'm so passionate about that, but that pays my bills. Okay. How's to help my mom. Nice. Yeah. So now that I'm having a thing that I created, which I love working for myself. Right. Mm-hmm. So cool. I created something already. 
But now I even have that now that pays my bills. So what's the next thing I want to focus on? Mm -hmm. So I don't push it because I didn't push my group therapy. It just happened, Mm -hmm. right? It happened when the time was right. But because I was working as a counselor for 24 bucks an hour, I was able not to force it. Now that I have this thing that I make more money and could pay my bills a little bit more, the next thing I want to do is get paid to speak one day. So mm-hmm. now I'm able to give it away for free because I don't have to worry about money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and then waiting for that opportunity. Cause I truly believe that God told me your gifts will make room for you. It says, right. Your gifts will make room for you. I truly believe if I keep on showing up to these things, cause right. And in, in this season I'm in this year has been the most busiest season of my life. Like it's insane. So I see the progression and I, and I, so I go, if I keep on putting myself out there, I, I know I'm either going to meet that one person that's, a speaker and believes in me and says, I want to bring you on tour with me. Mm-hmm. I want to help you get exposure. I want to help you because I believe in you. I believe either that's going to happen or something else is going to happen. But I truly believe it because everything I believed so far has happened, mm-hmm. you know? And um, I had this thing too was, and I don't know, it could be crazy thinking, but <laughs> I was like, God, why did I get sober at 25? Why 25? Doesn't make sense. Why not 24? Why not 26? Right. It was just a simple question I was asking one day because I'm a very intuitive person. Mm-hmm. And then I started reading this book by Malcolm Gladwell. It talks about the 10,000 hour rule. It takes 10,000 oh, yeah, yeah, hours yeah. to be an ex- the tipping expert. tipping point? Yeah, to be an expert at something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're not reading it. And my brain, I love So I'm like, oh my gosh, 10,000 hours. Okay, well, if you work 40 hours a week for a year, that's 2,080 hours a year. So five years, it's a little over 10,000. People talk about a five year business plan. Maybe that's where they got it because five years. Oh my God, I got sober at 25. So when I'm 30, a miracle is going to happen. Wait a minute, Jesus did miracles at 30. Ah. Did God get me sober at 25? Because he knows how I think. I, it takes this type of thinking for me to be motivated and, and, and push through that. He goes, this wild way of thinking that will push you through these five years. Yeah. And every year has gotten better. So he's kept his promise. And now that this is my busiest year going into my fifth year, it's like, what is going to happen? Mm. You know what I mean? So that really keeps me yeah. humble mm-hmm. and loving on people and doing things for free because yeah. I feel like God's like, dude, trust me. Like, and then this is going to be a story that you can share with people to really impact people's lives. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, I mean, sure. yeah, you're 29. Yeah. My gosh. And you've got this obvious <laughs> gift and I just see, I'm going to be, I'm going to yeah. be tracking you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be watching because this is going to be interesting. It is going to happen. You know, it is going to happen. Well, it's already happening yeah. and it's going to get even bigger yeah. and bigger, but, but you know, the thing is, is that some of the people that I've known at this stage of my life, you know, uh, the they've done the whole money thing, but some people have really kept the humility. I had a client once and he said, hey, Randy, meet me at uh, at this golf course in the coffee shop. It was at a resort. And I went there and this, uh, it's like 530 in the morning. It's really early. And <clears throat> up comes this old battered red truck. And this guy got out in jeans and he looked like he was there to fix the broken spring sprinklers or something. <laughs> and he came in, he owned the whole resort. He owned a million square feet of office space, yeah. which is when you do the math, yeah. that's huge, yeah. like billionaire kind of mm-hmm. stuff, but he kept the humility. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think you have that trait yeah. that, you know, you keep that and don't make it all about the, the money and the mm-hmm. fame thing. It, it, it just grows and grows. Yeah. Uh, and, and, that helps a lot of people rather than the whole grand food yeah. show off thing big time. No, and, and I, you know, we all have our gifts. I, I think you're right. I think I want to do this podcast because I don't know that I have that much to say, but our guests do yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know? and giving them a voice. 
mm-hmm. and kind of a structure where people realize, hey, I'm diving. Mm-hmm. And I really relate to mm-hmm. what this person has been through because I'm going through mm-hmm. it now. Mm-hmm. And then that you you provide the vision and the articulation of what that process looks like so that they can kind of break out. And one thing I want to point out too about you too, you have the gift of making a person that's here on the podcast feel very, very like appreciated and important and like all that matters is this moment. You have that. Mm. So the way that you listen, the way that you focus, the, the way that you are, like you make me feel that here. Oh, you know I mean? no. that, again, that's that's a gift, I think, right there. So I, I believe you doing this, there is something to it. Mm-hmm. You know, I being, appreciate that. Yeah. As much I, as- I, I listen carefully because I'm riveted. <laughs> it's pretty easy to do. What's happening next? <laughs> I guess something comes along that sucks. I mean, I don't know if I'll have that gift. <laughs> no, but I'm not in all seriousness. Yeah. I appreciate you saying yeah, that. Nice. Yeah, that's what this is all about. I think our world today lacks humility. And I think this message right now that you're sharing is what the world really needs. Keep it real. Keep it simple. Stay humble. Be kind. There's a song, Be Humble and Kind. I forgot. Well, there's Stay Humble by Kendrick Lamar. I think there's Be Nice by Snoop Dogg. Uh Be kind or something like that. Be humble and kind. I think it is. I I don't know. I don't know. But this is an important message because social media, it's that's not humble at all. Facebook, that's not humble. So... Good well, message. Zeppelin has a song, uh, Ramble On. That has yeah, to, Ramble On. That's, that's humility. <laughs> I, forgot. Uh, I forgot who's singing. Yeah. It. So any other, uh, first of all, what's the longest, I know you've done a lot of media stuff. Yeah. Uh, what's the longest interview you've ever had? This one. Nice. Everybody says that. Mission accomplished, yeah. baby. Everybody says that. Because like a lot of the things that we talked about, you won't, you don't hear that because other ones are like, okay, let's say 30 minutes to an hour. So it's more me being the performer in it. Yeah. All right, guys. So I just want to let you guys know that the opposite of addiction is connection, which is the reason why this, this, and that. And also know that the first step, the second step, this mm-hmm. is more me performing, right? Yeah. Because again, I have a lot of wisdom, but this one's more like I get to naturally just kind of like talk and share things mm-hmm. that most people don't see. Like, yeah. And like these are the things that people don't see to like how I got to where I'm at. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. people, because sometimes people say, like, I, I want to have what you have. Like again, I'm not a millionaire. I'm not making tons of money, but I literally have a life that looks very fun. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And like people see how I'm like, going i go to travel i go to different states i'm like yeah i'm like i'm not paying for that stuff all the time sometimes i do pay for it but it's because i'm so kind to people and i just love helping people so much that people are offering me these things and to me i'm like this is so cool like someone just invited me to their house in a different state and they're going to take care of it or like i see you on this podcast i see you on this thing i see you on tiktok you're always with people you have this house of magic catching parties like i want that and it's like it takes a certain way of thinking to mm-hmm. be able to have that though. Yeah. And that's yeah. why I tell people my secret to success is, you know, having peace of mind from what that's what it looks like. Peace of mind, having good people in your life uh, and being happy to me, that's success, mm-hmm. right? That's the, not the yeah. Amen yeah. That, yeah. yeah. You know? yeah, for sure. And so I tell people my secret to success is kindness. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I was, at, I was on a podcast um, a couple months ago and uh, one of the, one of the, host was kind of pissed at God, didn't believe in God, actually. Mm-hmm. And they said, how can you believe in the Bible when, uh, you know, there's genocide and Leviticus and all this stuff? And I said, well, Leviticus, I mean, they, they're not supposed to eat shellfish. I mean, you know, <laughs> give me a break. Some of the stuff I'm just kind of dismiss it. But, but I said, you know, here's, here's how I look at it. You know, Jesus said, number one, not number two or number three, number one was love God, love your neighbor, love yourself. Mm -hmm. There's a trilogy there. Mm -hmm. That's really powerful. (laughs) So you look at the whole Bible, you look at all of life through that lens. 
And if it's talking about something that's mean or evil or off through that lens, you just forget about it. Mm -hmm. You dismiss it. But with that lens, you can pick up so much great information out of that and also through life. And, you know, so I'm not a high IQ guy. I don't claim to be. But if you try and take, you know, uh, that lens and try do your best, in my case, it's a struggle to just keep that lens going. Life gets better mm-hmm. uh, with yep. that. And, and that's what comes through with you is you obviously have a genuine love for your fellow, yeah. I want to say mankind, humankind. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that just radiates. It I, does. I totally get it. Yeah. Um, you should see him at the magic house. You ain't seen well, nothing yet. I can't yet. wait to go down there. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't seen nothing yet. Yeah. He's full of energy. You're <laughs> loving on people. You're hugging people. You're the best hugger like yeah. ever. <laughs> no, you, you, you emanate that. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm still having a hard time. Well, not a hard time, but I'm still impressed that you went through what you went through without that angry resentment. Cause you know, you meet people in prison, you meet people in the homeless shelters and the little bit of volunteer work that I try to do that are just will not let go of that, that Mm -hmm. hate, that resentment, that anger. And I think being angry is totally normal for Mm -hmm. a period of time, but at some point you got to let it go, but you see people that are still raging pissed about something that happened 40 years ago. And you know, my heart goes out to them because they're not, they're not learning the lessons mm-hmm. that they were designed to, or, you know, that were there for them to learn. They're just, you know, gripping onto that. And I haven't been through the, what I've been through. So I hope that didn't sound judgmental, but no. you've, you've obviously processed this at a really remarkably young age. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I think you've just got this horsepower to just, <laughs> Like Oprah, you know, (laughs) wait till you're like my age. It's like, oh, my God, I knew him when. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we've had guests that have been on Oprah. We can make some introductions. We can make some introductions, (laughs) yes. That's why, like, um, because, like, one thing a clinical clinical, uh, therapist told me, she goes, she pulled me aside at work. She goes, look, Fausto, your approach is very unorthodox. Probably not accepted by clinical terms, right, how you do it. But you know what? I believe in you and I've never seen so many of my clients at my facility open up like this before. Whatever you're doing is working. So keep on doing it. Yeah. And so that's why right now I'm, you know, writing a book, which is the most challenging mm-hmm. thing ever. Cause I want to throw oh, my, you, you are now. Yeah. I want to yeah. throw my laptop off the balcony all the time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, oh, what is going on? Yeah. Break. It's not working. And the topic is going to be uh, embrace your pain, mm-hmm. um, leveraging your struggles to help others. And it's literally things we've been talking about, how I think, mm-hmm. how okay. I'm like, it's a blessing. This is amazing. Or I'm codependent. I'm trying to be able to put that in a book. So each chapter will be like codependency, mm-hmm. how you can find purpose in it, it's anxiety, trauma, addiction, insecurities, right? And then yes. having the steps of the spirituality, manifestation, the mindset. And at the last chapter will be like the hope dealer. This is what you become. Yeah. And I'm trying to create that one-on-one conversation I have with people in a book because I'm like, um, I've seen the I've seen how it helps people that I know personally how I think so differently and I can look at the forgiveness as like I tell people I'll pay for all my ex's weddings I can't wait you'll pay for all your what ex's weddings <laughs> <laughs> because because of everything everything that happened though got me here that's true I'm grateful uh, that's so why awesome. not that is. talk about forgiveness if you read that in a book 
What? He paid for his ex's wedding? <laughs> That's the forgiveness chapter? <laughs> yeah, right? That's hilarious. <laughs> you know what I mean? We, t- we talk a lot about forgiveness and how, how I also like to explain it where it's like it, you no longer have that medieval like iron ball yeah. hanging from, you know, your ankle. It and it doesn't, it doesn't mean like, hey, let's go hang out, hang out, yeah. do lunch. Yeah. It's like, I'm, I'm just snapping you off. It took me two, about two years for me to forgive Simpson, you know, but when I did, I was like, oh, I'll never forget it. I was at church. I just, I always wanted what my mom had because she had that, that art, that gift of forgiveness and peace. And I wanted that. I, I haven't heard you talk about that before. I thought I'd heard all your stories. So tell, tell us, tell oh, us about my that. Book. Well, <laughs> I, I, I always, I always forget. I always forget what I, that's one of the benefits of having I, a low IQ. I have no memory. Oh, go ahead and tell, 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 tell if you don't mind sharing what happened at church, what, what happened? I just like what I said, I wanted what my mom had. Yeah. Cause you know, Randy knows my family and yeah. knows my mom or knew her. And um, she just had this beautiful piece about her. And I wanted that, you know, I mean, my God, it's like her sisters, I mean, her daughter gets murdered by, you know, her ex or by, you know, her family family member. She loses the kids, you know, all this like trials out of the yin yang, you know, out of the wazoo. We, I think we, at one time we were like, we had four or five trials going on at one time, but I just remember my mom always handled herself so beautifully and stoically and with class. And I just, I wanted that peace that she had, that forgiveness. And she, she just forgave. So what happened at church? Oh, when you had I was, I, I was praying. I was praying. And I said, literally, like I was on my knees praying and I go, God, I just want what my mom has. And you got it. And I got it. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah. I'll never forget it. <laughs> just, you know, it's interesting. The power of asking. actually, I did forget about it until, until just now. Yeah. The power of asking, simply mm-hmm. asking for something. And it happened. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. That's Thanks true. for sharing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's very powerful. Oh, wow. Um, so what's what's next for you, man? Yeah, so so right, like so I think what's next, so like right now, like I said, I've got my group therapy business. I'm doing that's what I wanted. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm able to take care of my mom right now, right? Like I can, yeah. I can take care of that part. Um, the magic house that we have events at, you know, we do recovery night every Sunday. Um, you know, we have events about every month, right? So I'm doing that part too, giving back to the community, right? Helping out, making a difference. And um, I think for me, like what's next is, for one is writing that book mm-hmm. is my next project. Um, right now, um, Man, like I said, I think honestly, all I want is, like I said, to tell my mom you never have to worry about money again. Yeah. I don't know how that's going to happen because for me, it's like I'm not willing to, I can't work more. I've tried, make, I can make more of my business, but I tried it at a mental breakdown. It wasn't realistic. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just really want that to happen. And I don't know if that's going to happen through speaking. I don't know if it's going to happen because somebody's going to come into my life that I don't expect. That's just going to help me get somewhere in life, you know, mm-hmm. like the exposure. Cause again, I don't, I've never had that. I don't have someone I can put in my family. I know people I can introduce you or, Hey, I want to give you an opportunity cause you're my nephew or something. I don't have that. So everything has been just me trusting God by living an unorthodox life of helping people so much to the point where that's all I do. Yeah. And I, you know what I mean? Like that's why I don't buy clothes really. I am. Um, I don't, you know, I don't do shady stuff. I'm very honest and loyal to people and helping. And mm-hmm. I just hope the next thing is that moment to walk through that door. I don't know how that's going to happen. Uh, I don't know when it's going to happen, but 
you know, that's what I'm going for. So if I have to keep on speaking for free and putting myself out there and helping out people, nonprofits and churches and help out people to trust that God's going to send somebody or, you know, someone's going to hear me, then that's all I want. Mm-hmm. I got it. Yeah. Well, and you've helped so many people. I, I want to make an offer to you, take it or leave it, but, but uh, you've helped so many people. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know a little bit about writing books because I've written a few. Uh, if, <laughs> successfully, uh, if only people would read them, <laughs> but no, but I, um, no, no, I've written a few books, come back here. Uh, and on this whiteboard right here, I'll, I'll save you five years of the whole book industry thing. And I'll, I'll give you a whole bunch of information that I wish I was told as a new author to help you kind of navigate through that very cool. successfully. So if, if you want to, yeah, that invitation's that. open That's to you. very cool. Yeah, I'll get your uh, number after this. Yeah. And, you, and you'll, uh, you'll, you know, taking care of your mom is such a noble mm. goal. That's, that's just, that's just going to happen. Yeah. Yep. Um, Cause you're, you just have, you're just got so much talent. Uh, and love. And love. <laughs> which is mm-hmm. a pow- uh, powerful yeah. combination. Um, what, and, and it's interesting. I've, I've, I've listened to you very carefully. And the last chapter of my book is of all things that I think chapter 13 is something like that is forgiveness. Mm-hmm. We've talked about that. The last chapter is gratitude. Mm-hmm. And it's like with your trauma, Tanya, I'm sure you're not grateful that you lost your sister mm-hmm. uh, in such a horrific way. Um but I know you well enough to know that you're grateful for the lessons. Yes. I'm not grateful that I was born with a congenital heart defect. I'm not really that grateful. I was speaking about being mad at God. I, I remember that day. But I am grateful for the lessons because as a tall white guy from Orange County, I think I was, I'm very prone to uh, just all the stereotypes of, you know, all that. Uh, now I see a kid in a wheelchair and I get, you know, mm-hmm. I get choked up because yeah. that was me. Yeah. Um, so I'm kind of, well, I'm not kind of, I'm very grateful for the lessons that brought. And I've, I've listened to you really carefully, Fausto, and you've, you've got a lot of gratitude mm-hmm. for, you know, what a lot of people would say, are you kidding me? You're grateful for that. You're not grateful for that, that. but you're grateful yeah. for the character and the experience mm-hmm. that are kind of coming out of that. Mm-hmm. Does that, did that make sense at all? Yeah, I know you're, you're on point. Like, um, you're right. It's like, I'm not grateful that it happened to me. Right. I'm grateful what I became out of that. Right. I could have only had that through that process. That's why like my gratitude for these things arise because like I said, I was so depressed and suicidal and mm-hmm. hurt. Like if someone, if I would have been in my, in my addiction and someone said, I can have this life, I wouldn't believe it. There's no way. And so, but now with, looking at this, like who I am today, it's like, I get more grateful with every day that goes by for those things. Because like you said, those things gave me meaning. Those things mm-hmm. gave my life purpose. Those things um, gave me the ability to help people in those scenarios. Like the things that I hear, the things that I can do for people. Like, I mean, I've had so many people die in my life mm. when, you're in, when you're in this field. Cause I'm around yeah. a lot of people. So yeah. the more people I'm around, the more people that I'm going to see die. Mm. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, like, I am grateful for those things because when someone's, when that light lights up in somebody's eyes of hope, just because I shared my story or I listened to them or I validated them or for whatever, like you guys said, like there's something radiating out of me. Yeah. It's like, that's worth everything. Yeah. You know, I can die today knowing that I did that for somebody. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's something the money can't buy. Yeah. yeah. It's not about them becoming successful uh, out of that and remaining clean sober their whole life or healing. Now, 
I believe my purpose in life is to give someone a moment yeah. of freedom internally and to feel seen in the matter of the important. Just a moment. Yeah. yeah. That's my goal in life. And if that moment lasts a lifetime, that's even better. Yeah. So I'm grateful for everything that happened to me because I couldn't mm-hmm. do that without that. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Uh, you're wise way beyond your years. <laughs> I, I, um, I need to catch up. Well, <laughs> <laughs> like, me too. I'm like uh, this right now. <laughs> no, no, no. Is that, what does that mean? Loyal? Love. Love. Yeah. Well, and you've been very, very gracious with your yes. time. Yeah. And, you know, this, we do put our guests through. We want to, <laughs> it's like my dad, when we washed a car, he'd take the squeegees and just squeeze them until every drop right? of water was out. Exactly. You know, and <laughs> that's what we, that's how we live life. Yeah. We just got every drop of water out of it. Um, but Randy and I, we've done so many like news media yeah. and you're there for like six hours and they only put in like two minutes. Oh yeah. And so the whole concept behind this is to, you know, let it all out. Yeah. And that's it's a whole a platform. different platform. Mm-hmm. I remember the first time I was on CNN, they said, you're on for seven and a half minutes. I thought that was like a slam, like an insult. Like you sucked. You're only, on, <laughs> I know, yeah. and they, they made it, meant it as a compliment. Yeah. Because they said, normally people are like three or four. four. You're so interesting. Uh-huh. It's seven and a half minutes. <laughs> wow. Like, wow. Oh, so Superstar. Are you telling me I'm hanging out with a seven and a half minute <laughs> individual? Yeah. I'll tell, tell me describe That's how good I seven am. And minutes, <laughs> seven and a half minutes. Yeah. I'm bragging. Uh, <laughs> no, but you say in all seriousness, you've been so great, gracious with your time. I just want to say thank you. Yeah you know, really sincerely, uh, I, I'm going to, I, I got to listen to this whole thing again and with yeah. taking notes, you know, uh, what can I learn from this 29 yeah. year old? I know. For this <laughs> um, 29 year old. Oh gosh. No, really. I mean, imagine when he's 49, yeah. 59. Wow. Anyway. Um, great so things are coming your way with, 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 with that express the gratitude for the time you spent, I'm going to just give you a, an open platform, anything else you want to share with everyone. And, and also along with that, an invitation. In fact, it's not even an invitation. It's a demand. You come back, yeah. you know, and yeah. give us periodic updates every six months yep. or a year. Cause, cause you're a guy worth following mm-hmm. for sure. But with all that, uh, anything, what else do you want to share? I think the biggest thing I would want to share with people is just like, just for people to know that they're not alone and that if you can, um, if you could practice being vulnerable um, with somebody you feel safe with, mm-hmm. like that can forever change your life, you know, because I truly believe that everybody has a purpose in this world and that all of us have a higher calling, but not everyone's willing to listen. Yeah. And um, we need people to open up, to have the support because we need people to believe in us before we could believe in ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, you know, that's been huge, right? Everything I, I I do is because of the people in my life. I didn't do any of this by myself. Number one is God. I, I always tell people, figure out what that means to you. You know what I mean? Whatever that is, don't feel pressure. Just figure out what that means to you because um, the person that's out to get us is the person when we look in the mirror, right? Mm-hmm. That's the person out to get us. And um, who can be with you all the time then? God. Mm-hmm. You know, I believe God stands for the gift of desperation when you're desperate. I believe that when you're lost, he's the gift of direction. I believe when you're an AA, he's a group of drunks. I believe when you're with the hope dealers, he's a group of dealers, you know, <laughs> it's like, God's always there. When you can have confidence in what that means, it's, it's life-changing. 
because the 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 stronger your belief and what and something bigger than yourself gets, mm-hmm. the the more freedom you feel. And so I just ask people to you know hopefully stay open to that concept, and you know and understand that like um um that's I mean that's that's the big reason why I'm here today still is that and then God has put people in my life, um, but all my morals and my values come from being a good person is through God and those perceptions of spirituality that allow me to be this. Mm-hmm. So I'd want people just to kind of like know that stuff like that, you know, it's, we need each other to get through this and mm-hmm. to know that like, just cause I have all these good things in my life. Like I'm not perfect. And like, I struggle a lot still, but I'm vulnerable. Yeah. I tell people what's going on with me because that's what helps me get through it. You know, cause they say suppression is what creates aggression and depression. So it's like, you think if you suppress this, it's going to make you sick. Right. I look at it like, it's like, it's like eating food mm-hmm. and never going to the bathroom. You're going to get sick. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with um, the things that we go through. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just be vulnerable. Know that you matter. Mm-hmm. And you're important and you're so loved. And that, you know, the fact that you're alive means there's something so big that you can do and you can only figure that out if you go for it. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Well, that beautifully spoken. And, you know, the world's a tough place. Mm-hmm. It is. There's a lot of hate. There's you, All you have to do is turn on the news. Yeah. And I don't know about you guys, but I want to throw, you know. I don't turn it on. Throw the vase yeah. to the wall. <laughs> I don't watch, um, I've been watching news since I got sober. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, really? Don't watch the news. Mm-mm. It's another oh. thing I did. Too. It's too negative. I don't do it. And people have argued with me. You should this and that. And I just, no, I'm good. If the world's going to end, I'll know. That's another You know, I know some people just having dinner with them a few weeks ago and they're they like moved out to BFE in the middle of nowhere to you know to prepare for the end of the world i mean they're like seriously into this stuff they're buying up guns and they're planting their gardens and going off the grid oh my god and it's like can't live that uh, that's not for me no Um, that's living life in fear and and you know the thing is is that there is a lot of hate there is a lot of craziness Mm -hmm. watching i don't care if you're democrat or republican it's all crazy yeah you know going on what's going you know politically and you know blah 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 uh, but love always wins. Love always wins. Every disaster mm-hmm. I work on, because as a, I'm an economist, I study disasters. Mm-hmm. And everywhere I go, without exception, uh, it, with all the devastation, with all the destruction, I'm always stunned, and, uh, dazed and confused, is in the words of the great Led Zeppelin, <laughs> at, at the great uh, outpouring of love. People that show up that have $200 in the bank and they withdraw it and bring it to find a family to help them out. Mm. I, there's, there's always as, as bad as the, the evil or the destruction, there's always greater love. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. what uh, kind of gives me faith in humanity. Yeah. You know, wow. people, and people like you, seriously, I mean yeah. that sincerely that, that just have this, who, who get it. Yeah. Who get it. We need more fastos in the world. <laughs> uh, that'd be wild. Oh, yep. yeah, oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, we do. We, we do. Need our fo- uh, fosters yeah. to come back. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. absolutely. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, I think is, I think we did it. I feel uh, honestly, you have touched my heart 
Um, I just want to say, yeah, thank you for being here. But also I want to say a huge thank you for being vulnerable and sharing some really gnarly life experiences because you don't know who's listening to this, who definitely will feel inspired, empowered. And who knows, maybe you brought somebody to God, you know, by the, by being here. Yeah. And somebody who's thinking right. about, you know, cashing the chips are going to say, Hey, yeah. you know what? I, I think I can maybe make it for another day or two and, yeah. you know, work through, through this whole thing. You know? Ask for help. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I appreciate you guys so much. You guys have literally, I've got to see a part of me that I haven't got to visit yet. Oh, really? wow. Because the, the depth that we go to, like I said, I got to be myself for this one. I didn't have to fit everything in like 30 minutes, which is a performance when you do that, right? It's yeah. the lingo, the rhyming, the saying this one, I got to just be me and be encouraged to be me or else, yeah. like, okay, well, yeah. this happened. Well, I think I got another one. <laughs> and I can really explain like the thought process and what it looks like for me. Cause to me, like, that's what I know I've done. Right. It's just what I see. Like, wow. Well, like literally it's like, I got to kind of like hang out with myself and be like, wow, like I really did all that stuff. And that's cool. This type of thinking and being has really actually worked. So it kind of allowed me to see that, you know, cause there's so much more depth that I, I know we're coming to the end, but there's so much more depth of other things that like, maybe for the next episode, if you yeah. want. but there's so much more to like, how did I ever find working through um, being able to just even have sex and sobriety because of my trauma mm-hmm. didn't allow me to. And I never knew that, you know, there's so much more depth of things that I went through and overcome. And I'm just grateful that, you know, like I got to share a lot of it on this. Yeah. Very cool. Well, and, and uh, keep a list cause we're going to have you back and yeah. we can share more and more. The, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's an interesting thing. Cause I knew a guy that was uh paroled out of uh, prison and he, he, uh, he, he asked me as if I, I'm the worst person to ask for a relationship <laughs> advice, like the worst, but, uh, but he was having trouble with intimacy after being in prison for decades. And I didn't know what to say, but uh, you know, that is an issue. What you know, did you a, say? <laughs> I, I guess, like, about what I'm saying now. I, I, I I'm the wrong guy to ask. That's what I said. Yeah, but, like, like, like a quick little example is like, I learned like when I go on dates, it's like, I have to talk to you and dissect you psychologically and ask you personal questions for like, maybe like seven dates. I can't even touch you. And when I do, it has to go a kiss. Okay. Kiss. Okay. That's it for today. The next day, maybe a little bit more of a kiss, a little bit more intimate hug mm-hmm. because the trauma really mm-hmm. damaged me. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 my body, like as much as my mind want to say like, yeah, I want to do this. My body doesn't allow me. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I've learned to navigate it and be okay with it. And also for one, it kind of benefits me taking it slow. But two, it's like when somebody can respect that, understand that mm-hmm. usually it's somebody who's been through they're like, oh, I get it. Yeah. But they don't share that. A lot of people relate to me, but they don't share it. Mm-hmm. They try to cover yeah. it up. Like, I know what I'm doing, but really- so now it's like, that was one thing I had to navigate through, but I'm happy I learned to, because now I'm like, first day, like, look, I've been through this. I've been sexually abused, blah, 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 yes. it's happened. So I'll let you know that um, in order for me to even be into it, we get to that, we're going to, I have to take it slow because I don't feel safe. It's nothing to do with you. It's me. Mm-hmm. Learning all this stuff has helped me navigate to love myself too more, right. which also makes me, again, forgive the past more and then share these things. I love sharing this depth because people don't talk about this depth. And then like today I had someone, he go, dude, Fausto, thank you for sharing that. Do you know the last girl I was with? I, I felt unsafe, but I know how to communicate it. You know what I did? I ran out the door like a marathon runner. Really? What? Yeah. And then he's like, I moved, I moved cities. So I was so embarrassed oh. to admit the truth. And I didn't want to see her again because I didn't want to say that I feel unsafe. So oh. when he heard me share about it, he was like, I was like, dude, I can help you with this. This is how I communicate it. It's uh-huh. okay. It's normal. You know what I mean? Like, so but was, what's wow. impressive is you, you are 
like able to identify your issue and then articulate it. And then you have the courage to talk about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's just such wave after wave. <laughs> you know, I grew up in a generation where my parents didn't talk about Jack. Oh yeah. I think your either, parents yeah. were a little more open than mine. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Mine were pretty, you know, <laughs> <They> were uh, <laughs> world war two parents. Mine too. Yeah. yeah. But I'm so, you know, I'm not one of these old guys that says the young generation is all screwed up. I, I think no. it's the opposite. Yeah. Young generation has got it better figured out than a lot of us do. Mm-hmm. Now I know that there are kids <laughs> that are young that are, you know, still struggling, but but a lot of the younger generation is has is just at an advanced level. Yeah. So I'm very impressed mm-hmm. with. And I just mm-hmm. want to say, give a shout out to young people. Yeah. And say, hey, you, you know, be proud of yourselves. You're doing some it's cool limitless. Stuff. Life is limitless. Like put your just like what you keep saying. Be you know, I can't even talk anymore. But reaching your full potential and I mean, but look, we have TikTok, we have Instagram. We didn't have the internet when we were in school. The internet is my gosh, YouTube, everything. The, the internet came around about when you were uh, born. Yeah. 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 And it's a yeah. powerful thing now you can use. Like I had a video I did on forgiveness on TikTok and you know, they got like 60,000, 63,000 views. But it was interesting because you know, I'm not thinking nothing of it, just putting it out there and to see people from all around the world be like, I never thought about it like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do need to forgive. Yeah. We have some people who don't agree, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. But to see the people who took it in and like, thank you for this. I needed this. Oh my gosh. And yeah. That's why I act like my dad still, because I'm so angry at him. This is why I keep on getting to it dysfunctional. But you know what I mean? I was like, wow. Imagine if this type of one minute wisdoms of vulnerability to mm-hmm. these things goes viral consistently on TikTok. And now I might not meet these people, but they just hung out with me for a minute. That's so Who cool. Who knows what they do with that? Yeah. To me, it's fascinating. Oh, no, the ripple effect, yeah. the butterfly effect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, butterfly effect. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's, you know, you're, you know, you're rippling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and you know what? You may never meet them, but just know you you reached one person. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was sitting at a, uh, in a casino in, uh, a, a reservation casino in mm-hmm. San Diego, and uh, I watched a friend of mine who played in a band, you know, a big <laughs> concert and stuff. Anyway, I'm just sitting there. Nobody knew who I was. I was just sitting there and this lady comes up and goes, she had their phone and she goes, she goes, I know who you are. And I was like, what? What? It's <laughs> <laughs> like, uh-oh. <laughs> Didn't do it. Anyway, but, you know, occasionally you get recognized. And, and she goes, you said something on uh, TV and it like changed everything. And wow. I go, really? Wow. And it was like crazy cool to meet somebody who who you made a little bit of difference yeah. for. Yeah. That's why we do this yeah. stuff. Exactly. Let's face it. Exactly. And I'm sure you, yeah, you know, you're feeling that left and right. Yeah. It's kind of cool. It's the best mm-hmm. feeling ever. It is. It's cool. <laughs> I love doing yeah. that. Yeah. And it gives you fuel to do it, you know, yeah. again and again. Anyway. Passion and purpose. Passion yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Fausto, thank you so much again. And uh, thanks for coming on yeah. Post Traumatic Thriving, where we dive, survive, or thrive. The choice is yours. There you go. Did I do it? <laughs> did it. <laughs> thanks for supporting our podcast. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe, and follow us on your favorite social media. For books, merchandise, or to donate, visit coreiq.com. Post Traumatic Thriving is produced by Core IQ, a nonprofit with a mission to teach the life skills we all need but are not taught in school. 
Core IQ and the Post Traumatic Thriving Podcast are for informational purposes only and do not provide medical or mental health advice. Always consult with your licensed medical and mental health care providers.